my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we talk about the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure, my social distancing of... I, don't, I forgot what it was. <laughs> Socially distanced this, motherfucker. Uh... <laughs> <sighs> and <laughs> I think it's I think it's right right that you're fucking this one up because I mean are we really doing brap talk right now? <laughs> Mr. Shaheen Albany He's in the house. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get anything. We're gonna get that part. Hey, that um, part's important. That's how I get referred to in public nowadays by complete strangers, which by the way, I really like. That's pretty cool. It is super cool. That's right up there. It with- freaks my wife out hard. Oh man, can you imagine? Dude, just out of the blue, Shaheen Avande. She's like, why does that random stranger calling your name? I'm like, babe, really? You still asking this question? Don't you know I'm kind of a big deal among about 4,000 listeners? <laughs> Roughly around. <laughs> uh, so everything we just said in that intro is mostly false. Uh, this is a. This no, is I a, am Shaheen Alvandi. That well, is the truth. You are Shaheen Alvandi. <laughs> I am uh, the shell of Jensen Beeler. Because I've been self self distancing myself this is, this for uh, even now days we're now. more than six feet away we we're are. still we're, following the rules we're so good Cody Kitty breaks the rules yeah, that motherfucker got right on my face she's she's all up in it she doesn't understand mm-hmm. what's going on uh, this is a little different show we've we've talked about doing this show for yeah. a little while Shaheen yeah and we're gonna give it a whirl I don't know Real. if we're committed to it we're we're dating we're, um, you know we swipe a, right on Tinder for date. it yeah I mean uh, I'll put it out there I'll probably put it out there but oh oh uh, you know as I'm a sure thing. <laughs> but that's me. <laughs> I got a story about that. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be uh, our Everything But Motorcycles podcast, where we'll probably still talk about motorcycles a little bit. I mean, that's what we do anyways. But if you want to drink while we do that, hey. that could work out, and this could be a fun little thing for you at home. Oh, yeah. Anytime we bring up motorcycles, you got to sh- drink. You it doesn't drink. have to be Ducati. Drink. Just, but, just motorcycles in general. Motorcycles in general. Um, but we understand that everyone is doing the work from home, social distancing. Maybe, unfortunately, you've been laid off. It's it's crazy times. It sucks right now. It's super tough. So we wanted to put out a little something extra for everybody. That's just it's just for fun. We're just here to have some funsies, and we'll see where it goes. Any chance you, for me to get out of the house? My wife's working from home, and she yells at her computer a lot. Yeah, I can she's really that. really nice, but. Boy, she yells at that computer constantly. Well, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, your wife works in the healthcare industry, which is kind of crazy right now. I know. You know. Shout out to our health industry professionals, from doctors to janitors and everything in between. Super tough times. You guys are our heroes, and probably only going to get tougher. I, 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 <laughs> I have a tendency to date in the medical industry. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it, you know, talking to to some of my exes, it's kind of crazy. Um, just where we are right now with the coronavirus and how it's spreading and where we're likely going to be if we look at China and Italy and I think Spain right now is starting Spain's to get a little like crazy too. number four right now. Yeah. Um, but one of my one of my exes was saying like they have they have six anesthesiologists on staff. Mm-hmm. Five are quarantined because of, of coronavirus Freaky. concerns. They're literally one anesthesiologist away from not being able to perform surgeries. I mean, they can, but you got to be wide awake for you gotta it. You got to be wide awake. Um, Old school. Bite on this leather strap. It's going to yeah. hurt a bit. And and all the doctors, they're like, they're super worried they're going to start losing medical staff. So all the right. doctors are, have been sequestered for the last couple of weeks. That's uh, crazy times. Well, this so. is the reason they want people to have the social distancing. I, I, I know it's been repeated ad nauseum at this point, but the whole idea is to give the medical industry a chance to catch up and not be overwhelmed immediately and then... It all goes downhill. Yeah, as we've seen from other other places where the virus spread really. Come on, really people! Rapidly. You've seen enough movies to know what happens next. It is funny because um, I've been able to catch up on a lot of Netflix right. time. Seeing like uh, outbreak is like, outbreak is outbreak a huge is thing like on Netflix. Like, I don't want to watch. There's this a thing. series called Pandemic, which Great. is just too weird to watch because it's too close to home. There's a there's a game that keeps coming up on my phone that I should download. Apparently, it's you can kill the world by disease. I'm is not it, kidding. Is this the one that people were like originally kind of using to quasi model the spread of coronavirus, like like layman's? Like, there's a, supposed to be like a, I was gonna say hyper realistic, but I, I think the, the designers are very like this is not hyper realistic. This uh-huh. is just math. It is. I mean, it's. I think all is supposed to be algorithm based, but you basically have a chance to kill the world with a disease that you get to name, like your mom. Your mom's killing the world, um, and 
it could be based on like different parts of the body and then you can start affecting it gives you x amount of credit to like affect people's mentality about it or uh destroy like crops or destroy the water or something and just to huh. see where it goes and you started out by thinking about what part of the world you want to start this thing in like do you want to start somewhere where there's a lot of shipping where a lot of air flights come out of where there's a lot of farming happening and so what's going to help it spread out the most it's, it's sinister as fuck that's really fucked up yeah like but it's available it's for free i don't I, i'm trying to remember what the name of it is well if it's for free then it's okay Oh yeah, still, <laughs> that makes it better. Yeah. I mean, it's got ads somewhere in there, I'm sure. <laughs> is it? It's not. What's that stupid farm? It's not Farmville for viruses, is it? I mean, it's essentially, I think, the same thing. Oh my gosh, it, it was funny. Uh, I flew to Pittsburgh for the Super Bowl. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I did out there, we played. We were we were sitting around uh, the night before, and we're playing a board game. We play this. I forget what the name of the board game is, but it's some sort of pandemic group play board game. I'll have to find the the name of it. Um, actually, actually, our good friend, our good friend Miles, who is a board game aficionado, I sent him a thing about it. Maybe I can pull it up here. Ooh, the game I'm talking about is called Plague Inc. and it's been out since like 2012. There's nothing new, but it's just really popular right now. I can't imagine why. Oh, oh, the game is called Pandemic. Oh, there oh, you go. That's easy. Easy enough. But it was eerie because you have to like quarantine people and get a cure, and, <laughs> and you're sitting there going like, man. This is that was like just prep for all this. This is weird. So what's your have, have you just been sitting at home watching Netflix for the last couple of days or what's your story? I mean, truthfully, my life hasn't changed. That <laughs> yeah, much. you actually work from home. Like I have to drag you out usually. <laughs> it, the the tough part is yeah, I do work from home. Um and and I and that's a whole we should have a conversation about working from home because I think that's that's an interesting thing and I can I can give some tips on that. Um cuz I've been doing it for 11 years now the thing that's changed for me is just consciously being like because because you when you work from home you really do need to make an effort to go see people like that right. that becomes your thing like it's almost like the inverse of of a normal life where like oh you're at work all day you're surrounded by people you get home oh i'm just tired all i want to do when i get home is just sit in front of the tv get some food relax maybe go to the gym or something you know like like whatever your wind down right. is and i and working from home it's like the other way like i finish work and it's like all right i want to go out i want to go see what? people <laughs> who wants to get dinner who wants to go to the gym and play some basketball who wants to like go fly a kite like anything like that can get me human interaction is what i'm looking for and so the only real difference for me is now when i have kind of pencils downtime as i like to call it <laughs> um I, I i can't go get that release so I go for a walk around the park. I live near a park. Um, but you have to be like really conscious, like, oh, like I want to go hang out with some friends. Oh, I can't, I can't yeah. do that. Oh, I want to uh, go to the gym. Like my gym's closed now, but for the last week or so, I haven't been going to the gym because it's like, well, lifting weights. I definitely don't want to pick up a barbell that some nose picker has just yeah. been using. <laughs> and even like the treadmill mm. and stuff, still is like, well, my towel's gonna be on that little ledge where everyone's sweat con you know, convalesces, and you're just like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm just going to avoid the gym and maybe like go for a run outside or whatever it is. So there's been a little bit of change. The The supermarket obviously is crazy town now. Uh, I have five rolls of toilet paper left. Five rolls. Five rolls until well, I have to start you know, making some. As I've been putting on my Facebook in haiku form, just wash your ass. Just jump in the shower. Take a shit and jump in the shower. And I've done that before. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been there. Um, do you do a little, I got my whole twerk underneath the, the bath faucet. Do you have a, oh, you don't have a removable like handheld? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Maybe yeah, that's the answer. The Since we don't have bidets, you just stick your ass in the shower if you have a handheld thing. And I made a pact with myself that at two rolls of toilet paper, I'm going to go to Home Depot, get one of those sink nozzle yes. sprayer deals. Yes. I actually have one in my sink. Boom. A little hook, spigot. Hook that up to my toilet and just do the bidet thing. Done. Uh, but I really, I don't. That's, I mean, in Iran, that's how it was. We had the hole in the ground that you squatted over, yeah. did your business, and then you washed. The rule of thumb: hold the spigot with your right hand, and you wipe with the left because people shake that's, hands with the right that's hand. The thing, yeah, right. But then it also, you know, ensures people wash their hands. When I moved to America, first time I saw toilet paper, I was like, so you just wipe the poop back and forth on your butthole, and then it goes away magically. This, this is a good topic. This is not a topic I. And in a million years, imagine we would be discussing on this show. <laughs> uh, but this is a good topic because this is a thing. This, this is there's a there's a TED talk about this actually oh. that I watched, and there is like like that idea of like okay, so here's what I'm doing. I'm gonna poop out my butt, 
into this bowl that has water in it because you know whatever and it splashes upwards and it's gonna splash it's gonna hit my butt which on a hot day it feels really nice in your ball sack (laughs) depends how droopy your balls are (laughs) on a hot day they're very droopy but then to clean it up i'm just gonna take this paper and i'm just gonna mash it in my and in and around my butthole right until like which is one of the most sensitive parts of your body so you're effectively like sandpapering that poor thing and you just like you you wouldn't do that if like you got a stain on your t-shirt no you know, if you touch shit right now at a park and it got on your hand, what's the first thing you do? Yeah, you'd wash your hands. Yeah, you fucking wash your hands. You don't like take a piece of paper and rub <laughs> exactly. it back and forth. In exactly. your hand. You're not gonna just like rub paper <laughs> on your hand until all oh, that looks that looks, that looks clean. Good now. I'm gonna go eat now. That's definitely clean. Now that I've rubbed uh, four or five clumps of paper on my finger, uh, <laughs> there's definitely no more poop. I am ready to go uh, have some some hot wings now. God dang it! Uh, so there's like that is a really stupid way of cleaning up your business. And, and it's this idea of, I think it's like 10% of the population hmm. uses wet wipes instead of toilet paper or whatever. I think it's a special kind of wet wipe. Because well, that's the other problem. Wipes. The wet wipes are not at all, like they're not properly disposable. You, you just throw them out and they stick around forever. They're yeah. not biodegradable. That's the word I'm looking for. That's the word. I think there are brands that are, is my yeah. understanding. But um, I've dated a person that was into the wet wipe and okay. it's like, it's kind of like a weird thing. The logic side of me is like that totally makes more sense to what I'm doing. Right. You are doing the thing better than I am. Yep. That's the next level. And yet I have that disconnect where like, I'm not gonna do it. Nah. I, don't, I don't even know. I don't really want those in my house. I, it's I wet still and it's have gonna them touch in my, my house. Booty. And I'm like, not I'm like, no, I'm gonna totally put a bidet in my house before you use the way the wipe. Filipinos do it. Filipinos have a even simpler but yet very effective and clean option. I, I forgot what they call it. A a a badu? It's basically like like a measuring cup looking thing, but it's essentially like three cups worth, but it's plastic and it's always sitting by a sink somewhere. And like they use it to clean the floor. They use it to fucking in the shower if they have to conserve water. But typically it's used in the bathroom, in the washroom. You fill it up with water, you stick your butt out, you splash yourself, get a little bit of soap, clean your butthole and then put a little more water on there. And I think effectively Filipinos probably have some of the cleanest buttholes in the world. Do you have empirical evidence? Have you you surveyed all the buttholes of the world? I have not, but I mean, just based on the idea that they water and soap their butthole every time they take a shit in theory right that's their that's their theoretical practice still better than what we're doing with the paper it's way better no matter i the paper toilet paper way of doing it it's just barely better than doing nothing at all seriously i mean just (laughs) grab a sock and wash your ass and throw it in the fucking wash at least it's reusable you're not wasting paper that's absolutely fair fuck's sake that was actually another thing i was joking around at home like because ann ann is terrified of not having toilet paper and has been hoarding toilet so she's paper. She's the one that did this. Oh, dude, she's been doing this for fucking 30 years now. There's nothing <laughs> new in our house. We there's if you ever need toilet paper, we probably have a dozen sitting at home at all times. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be a pandemic. <laughs> but I always joke around, I'm like, babe, we have all these washcloths. Just fucking wet it in the sink, wash your asshole really quick, take it and throw it in the laundry room, and boom. How do you feel about washing your other clothes with that washcloth though? I mean, you telling me you've never had a little strain, uh, strain, a stain in your pants? Yeah, but I, I'm very conscious of what things I wash together. Eh, it's all it all goes through the same hot water and soap. Yeah, eh, does it though? Just, eh, yeah, does it, think, though? yeah, it does. It all does. Right. I think all it's all the same. It's all, all right. biodegradable. That's like right there. Like, uh, let's say we. That's share why you got to do it with hot water, Jensen. Don't do this cold water bullshit. Would you ever share a towel? I mean, I've lived with the same person for you, actually you, twelve. Do, do, today's do you, our twelfth year anniversary of living together. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. That's the um, coronavirus uh, anniversary. It is oddly enough. Aww. It's weird. Yeah, um, and it's St. Patty's Day, which means nothing to you. You don't drink. I'm, I'm not wearing any green. I'm wearing green, but it says Iran on it because I'm Iranian. You're Iranian. And you have green glasses too. Look at oh, you. Oh yeah, I do. You're I always wear green. <laughs> You're doing it way better than Kiss I am. Kiss me, sir. I'm Irish. Um. I don't know. I, I did think it was funny going down uh, my local Safeway. All the toilet paper's gone. A lot of the canned food, a lot of the pasta. I'm sure it's the same for a lot of places that are being affected. I, I don't understand the toilet paper pandemic. Why? My, it's an upper respiratory issue. My my favorite part, though, if you go down the aisle, what's still there? The dude wipes, wet wipes toilet paper. Oh, that's good news. But it's like, like, like clearly like, nope. People even, like you, like even I don't. right now, just <laughs> nope. Worst case, scenario. I would rather use that sock. <laughs> I would rather walk around with a dirty ass. I would rather just let that thing itch all day and use a sock. <laughs> a friend um, described when I was younger to me a wet wipes idea, and he was like, "It's like a moist cloud for your butthole." And I don't know if that sold it to me or not, but I just 
I just don't like having a wet butthole. I think that's what it comes so down here's, to. So here's, I the think, the way my my system of using wet wipes is paper, paper, wet wipe, paper. Okay, because that that makes sense. Yeah, and that last paper, you can even look at it and be like, "That's fucking clean." Well, you should. To be fair, to be fair, you should always be looking at that last paper to make sure it's clean. We used to shut off the lights in high school at the boys' room, and then people would walk out, and be like, "Is your asshole clean? How'd you check?" <laughs> that's weird it is it's weird. weird it's a weird thing you do there put people in their place and you're teenagers man shit's funny to you literally <laughs> shit is funny uh it is crazy times it is crazy times um the gold wing will be leaving soon <sighs> drink um <laughs> i really truthfully i really have an issue not wearing a full face i do too like I, I make a conscious effort not to wear or make a conscious effort to always wear a full face helmet for photo shoots right because I don't want to promote the wearing of three-quarter helmets. So what do we do? What's It's a conundrum. Uh, oh, I had a funny story for you well, right before the show started. Okay. That actually... Speaking of mom. We might have picked it up on the recorder. I don't know if we were on or not. Uh, yeah, got about 20 phone calls from my mom. Oh, boy. Apparently... Uh, Which is terrifying, by the way, if your elder parent right now calls you a bunch. Like, oh, God. Yeah, just think about it. Because my mom... So my mom lives in the San Francisco area. She just... Which has just announced... Like uh, shelter in place for right. her county and a couple other counties uh, in the area. Um, she lives alone. She, she's a widow. She's 72 and just finished chemotherapy. So what you're telling me is your mom's single. She's all right. All right. <laughs> Daddy, is that you? <laughs> um, yep, just me. <laughs> but, so like, but she's like right in the sweet spot of just like who's dropping dead from this thing. Right. She's completely immune system compromised. Oh, yeah. Just like she was going to get on a plane and fly up here. I don't, don't. Was like, like, what are you doing? You're a crazy person. Just there with your cats. She has these cats. <laughs> One How cat's many? named Monza after the racetrack. Obviously. Oh, nice. Uh, if you're sensing a theme with the cat names, then okay. you're, you're correct. And then we have another cat called Mama Kitty. Mama Kitty is named Mama Kitty because Mama Kitty just showed up one day <laughs> and is this like 20 pound manx oh geez you know like so the really short tail and just just looked like she was about to pop with with kittens and then a couple months go by no kittens show up a couple months go by again no kittens show up and we're like don't think mama kitty's actually pregnant just think mama kitty's fat which by the way don't ever if you have a question about somebody being fat or pregnant just yeah, keep it to yourself just keep that one yeah that was just <laughs> i made that mistake when i was 22 years old <laughs> It cost me a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Mama, Mama Kitty's getting up there in age. And so I get like 20 phone calls from my mom. Mama Kitty's in the hospital. Mama Kitty's getting a CAT scan. Mama Kitty's getting an MRI. This is just now. This is just now. It's oh. just listening to these okay. voicemails. Um, How old's Mama Kitty, you think? At least 10. 10 oh. years plus. I mean, we, we have no idea. She's She's not a feral She's definitely someone's cat in the neighborhood that my mom has just taken possession of. <laughs> so that's that's like we've stolen this cat. Um, and just recently, like like it's become more of like a, an integration into the family. Like it's let inside now. My mom has actually taken it to the vet a few times. So it's gone from just being like that cat that shows up when we feed our cat to like this is a part of the family. Anyways, something's wrong with the cat. She sends me a text message last night. She's worried about it. And you have to understand, I get a message from my mother every night that oh, she's sure. worried about the cat so it's just like standard that's just another day in jensen's right. life mom's worried about a cat okay whatever um today she, oh we're at the cat hospital oh we're getting an mri oh we're getting these blood tests all these things oh by the way funny story did a cat scan on the mama kitty's bladder turns out mama kitty not a mama oh also not a female oh definitely a boy cat oh i would still call him mama kitty well, you know, I just think like it's just very progressive. Doesn't identify as male, yeah. non-binary. It just shows up. You're uses, a girl. All right. Yeah, uses <laughs> the pronouns mama. Um, yeah. you know, whatever. It's very 2020 right now. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so that was a little bit of a surprise. So is the cat healthy or is it what's wrong with I it? I have no idea. Um, some sort of urinary tract infection, bladder infection with its not vagina. Probably going to cost like $3,000 to surgery it. So there's you know? that yeah i've been there and every time i do it i'm like why did i just spend so much money on this animal yeah, seriously right but but like understand too like this is this is like for, especially for my mom she just lives with these two cats 
Oh, there's only two of them. There's yeah. There's mom's hoping you'd be Monica. like, yeah, my mom's turned into the crazy cat lady. Yeah, no, she's she has eighteen. We cats. had a third one and it died. Um, it, and that one was very feral and literally just showed up for food. Mama Kitty killed it. No, this it, is my house, oh motherfucker. My what do we call that cat? What was its name? Oh, nuts. No neck. So you can tell. Did she go from ear to shoulders? Yeah, because it had no neck. Um, <laughs> you can tell who who names what cats. Like, I'm obviously the one naming all the racetrack cats. My mom's naming. Let's. She uses more of a descriptive name. Your mom's the kind of person who names items in the fridge. This is a freezer. It freezes things. This is a dryer. It yeah, dries things. Exactly. Just, you know, this Very is a, pragmatic in her name choices. <laughs> this is a no-neck cat. It has no neck. It is kind of funny I ended up with the name that I have, just now seeing how my mom goes about business. <laughs> I mean, what was she going to name you? Drooler? Pooper? <laughs> Poopy. Poopy, Poopy pants? <laughs> Dry wiper? <laughs> TP. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we had a, cat, a feral cat named No-Neck, which had no neck. It was just this big, burly cat. And like he got in a fight with a coyote and lost an eye jesus christ he was just the bruiser cat of the neighborhood he would take on raccoons no problem five of them at a time whatever but we just assume like one day he just stopped coming around and we just assume he just lost a fight or got wounded because he he did get bit by a rattlesnake and he he did have like a couple wounds like this cat came around for like this six, fucker had been around man he had some he, stories he had some stories um so that that one eventually passed we assume passed away it we haven't seen it in like probably years. Died in an MMA fight. Yeah, probably. It's it actually it, it evolved into Ronda Rossi. <laughs> yeah, and is still kicking ass. Still just killing people yeah. left and right. Come at her from the right because she doesn't have the depth perception because of that eye thing. Uh, but, that one know. eye. Yeah. Um, Life hack. If you ever fight Ronda Rossi, well, that was crazy. Right. Like watching a cat lose an eye. Like we couldn't get it to capture it to take it into the vet, and so like that was just like that was fucking crazy. Anyways, um, that cat doesn't believe in the doctors. Didn't believe no. In the yeah, flat earth, flat yeah, earther, cat flat for earther. sure. Uh, but it's interesting. Like, so my mom, like the short version of that, or the long, I guess that was a long version of saying, like, these cats are like family to her. Like, oh, this yeah. is all she got. Oh, I'm sure she's at home. Like, she's got self isolation figured out. Yeah, so, she and the like, cats. Yeah, whatever. She's like, oh, we're gonna save, we're gonna save Mama Kitty one way or another. We'll sell her, sell her car. If she has you to thought you had an inheritance? No, Mama Kitty's got going, your inheritance. Right, cats. Come on, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. If you're lucky, you'll get the Volkswagen someday. The Volkswagen is mine. I the, still want to do a road trip on that thing up from the Bay Area to here. Oh, uh, you wouldn't want to drive. We, Why? I wouldn't. I wouldn't drive it that far. Just the coast road the whole way here. Just it on the highway. I'm. I mean, what a story to tell. It took us three weeks. How far did you guys go? Five hundred miles. <laughs> I just don't like. I don't like driving that car on the highway just from like a. Yeah, we'll like, just stay on the Pacific. We'll, we'll stay on the Pacific Coast. That's not a highway. Speed limit is thirty-five, anyways. <sighs> With the traffic, it is. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. um, be stuck behind some giant RV that we're like, that's fine. We'll just draft them for a while. Yeah, it's a fun car. It's a great summer car. Um, but yeah, so that that is the story of Mama B and her cats. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad Mama B's okay because twenty twenty calls would be if you were Anne. You'd be buying a plane ticket right now before you even check the voicemails. She'd be like, I gotta go to my dad. Something's wrong. He called 20 times. Well, how do you know if anything's wrong? He would never call 20 times otherwise. And to me, it's just Tuesday. It is. It's just like, oh. I feel like your regimen's like, wake up, take a shit, wash my hands, hopefully, brush my teeth, check my phone to see if Mama Kitty's okay. Mm -hmm. Also, mom's okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm gonna probably work a little. Yeah. I'd say that's fair. Nap time. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta have that nap. Then I do lunch. So I work for a little while, do a little lunch, go for a walk, come back, do a little bit more work, go to the gym, come back, do a little bit more work, eat dinner, do a little bit more work. See? Uh, I like your style. Edit some podcasts, go to sleep. Okay, so. Wake up five times because of Coda. <laughs> uh, Look at day, how she's sleeping right now. Like, I feel like it's up to you to wake her up right now just to be like, hey, asshole, I'm in charge. Right? But are you? Welcome to my world. That's right. I pay the rent here. I'm sorry, Kat. Would you like something to eat? Um, okay, so you work from home. And a lot of people don't have that luxury. Yes. Um, what do you think is a good way for some people? Because I feel like as we're progressing in the years, uh, telecommuting is becoming more and more a regular thing if you have an office job or some kind of a marketing job or something like that. Mm -hmm. The ones that can't necessarily do it are people that are doing you know, what I would call blue-collar work or retail work or um, you know, construction type thing. Anything that requires you to be there and actually do the job 
as long as it's not automated yet. So like, what jobs do you think are good for telecommuting? What kind of a, if somebody wanted oh. to change their lifestyle and do the Jensen Beeler, wake up and commute downstairs to my office job? That's an interesting thing because it's it's two levels. I think there's there's some jobs that can be effectively done uh, telecommuting or work from home. And I think that, and then I think there's some jobs that you can do it for a little while, but there's detriment. Right. Um, most service industry jobs you can totally do from home. Uh, lawyers can totally work from home. Uh, journalists, unless you have to be at the event, can totally work from home. Writers, editors, um, probably most engineers that work, let's say, with computers and don't actually have to do like machining or like software like that. type and software stuff like type. That. Absolutely, Any, anything dot comy software. Digital nomads. Yeah, where you start getting into trouble is there's some things like I do think it is harder to collaborate virtually than it is in person, and it's actually an interesting study. Um, uh, when I was at Penn State, we actually had one of the people there that was researching this a lot was like corporate structures. And and we actually saw this in how Penn State set up its buildings because like the business school was like eight stories tall, whatever it is. And most business schools like floor one would be classrooms. Floor two would be administration. Floor three would be the marketing department, you know, the marketing professors. Floor five would be the finance professors. Floor six would be the f- supply chain professors. And you know, like they would just kind of like each floor, I guess, would be like a like its own department. Huh. And you think like most companies are like this too. You know, accounting's on floor ten, and you know, the engineers are on floor eleven, and blah 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 blah. But what they were saying, what the research was showing, is there's actually a lot more advantage to having um, those those kind of groups intermingled. Because the idea is then you get like the engineer talking to the accountant, talking to the marketing person, talking to the salesperson right. around the water cooler, rather just a bunch of engineers talking around the water cooler. And yeah, the social more, skills are, I think, necessary. And the social skills, but also just the exchange of ideas like, like, oh, hey, like if we can improve efficiency 7%, then like the sales team is going to have a better ability to do this. And the marketing guy was like, yeah, hey, if we can totally sell that, if we do that in Philadelphia. And like you start having a little bit more collaboration because people are running into each other. Like that, that was the whole thing was getting people that out of their silos and running into ch- uh, other people right. who are from different silos. And that was, you know, showing to have like a benefit and, and like the way people collaborated and people worked. Um, so you lose that obviously when you do teleconferencing. In fact, if anything, you do it, you, you force people into silos even more. Right. Um, so I think that's the hard part. Um, so you're an advocate for working in an office, not an office, but like in, a, in an environment where you are sort of uh, having to be cross-referencing with other human beings and talking to them and kind of, because in, in theory, the idea is that if we don't do that, if we separate each other, then we kind of get stuck in our own mindset. Whereas if you're having to run across these other beings in your work environment, then it allows for a more uh, dynamic workflow. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think. Well, let's let's change the topic just a little bit because I think I think it makes more sense this way. Uh, like like ways to successfully work from home. Mm-hmm. I would say like immediately like like stick to routine. Take a sh- like wake up, take a shower, shave, brush your teeth, deodorant, get dressed up in in nice clothes. I know you're looking at me and thinking I I am not doing what I what I preach. Oh, your shirt's clean. Shirt's clean. I'm totally in my sweatpants though, but. <laughs> It's the idea of still of of keeping that routine right. and keeping that uh, regiment, because I notice when in my own work from home uh, tendencies, there comes a point, especially for my job where I work for myself. So my hours in the day are completely blurred. Whereas it's like that's why I said like I, like you thought I was making a joke about like oh I go out and then I work and I right. do this and then I work. Yeah, you're not a nine that to fiver. Is, that is literally my job. I don't have a nine to five schedule. I'm just always working. When I'm not doing something else, right. which is great because it's super flexible. So if someone wants to go have a two hour lunch, I can totally do it. But it's also horrible in the sense that there's no boundaries. And I think it's really important when you work from home to keep those boundaries. And, I, and I've had to, and a lot of times in my life, create those boundaries myself. Right. Whether it means like, hey, like I could work from home, but I keep an office. Like I, for when I lived in Oakland, I kept an office. It with a uh, in an office group of a bunch of architects. Oh, okay, so you kind of force yourself out. So that idea, like, okay, like, hey, I'm going to go into the office today, so I'm going to make sure I get there by nine. I'm going to have to dress. There's other people there, so I'm going to have to put clean clothes on and shower. And like, because there was a point in time where I was like, I have literally worn 
the same clothes for a week. <laughs> right. And I haven't left my house in that week. Yeah. And like, I don't think I can be classified as human anymore. Like I just smell and like, like I'm disgusting and, and it, it affects your mental health. And I think that's the bigger thing. And we don't talk about that enough. Whereas like working from home has a definite mental health component. I'm actually glad you're bringing this up because it's something I've, I've I've had to learn to deal with in the last six, seven months of my life since I switched careers. Because mm. as, as a real estate agent, I mostly work from home. Yeah. And so I'd never done that before. I, I am super duper uh, um, outgoing and I am what they call a textbook extrovert. I get all my energy from outside. I, I get really bummed out if I'm inside too much. I got to be around other people. So even now during this kind of lockdown I still want to hop on my motorcycle and just go around and kind of see things, you know, like see other people walking around and do stuff like that. But when I first started doing the real estate thing from home, even though I like I went out of my way and I kind of took a couple of notes from your office and created my own little work office space at home. The first couple of months of it, I did what you just talked about. I would wear the same clothes like for three or four times in a row. I realized I hadn't shaved in like two or three days and and then you just kind of go into this downward spiral, mm -hmm. especially for someone like me who's so extroverted and needs to have some outside energy. Mm -hmm. And then a week into it, Anne would come home from work and be like, what is wrong? Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, nothing's wrong. What are you talking about? She's like, no. I'm fine. How are you? But right, seriously. And yeah. like in my mind, it's okay. But from someone from the outsider's point of view, they'd be like, what the fuck is going on with you? And it's like, oh shit, I got to step out of the house. Yeah. Like, I just got to go do something. And so- I think a lot of people say they want to work from home because the it's enticing to think all you got to do is wake up, put on a pajamas, you know, pet the cat, feed yourself, take a shit, and then do your work. But I think it's very easy to not... The, the one good thing about having to go into an office, as you said, is it forces you into some kind of a routine that allows you to, you know, do the things where you have to get up and you have to get cleaned up and you have to look presentable and you have to kind of become a human being. Because a lot of us that aren't used to that, when we stay at home, we just kind of get inside of our own heads as opposed to try and do anything else. And so um, people that want to work from home, there's a reason why a lot of companies that want to hire you to do telecommu telecommuting work, they say you have to be like a self-motivated self-starter because Absolutely. if you're not, it's hard to teach somebody that. It comes with a lot of practice and it comes with, I think, some coaching. Absolutely. It, you, you hit it right on the head. You have to be a self-starter. And that's one of the things I do. I do very well. And it's one of the things I struggle with trying to find other people to work with. Like, like I've had a few colleagues that want to start like their own version of asphalt and rubber, asphalt and rubber, whether it's in the motorcycle industry or if it's in some other industry. Right. And there's been a couple where I've just been, had to been like straight up like, hey, like you don't have the personality type for this. You're very smart. You're a very hard worker, but you're not a self-starter. And that's and that's a third skill that's different. Yeah. Because if you don't have the motivation and the focus. And those are two very strong components of it. You're not going to be able to get around some of the issues like like working from home. And I think people are going to realize this uh, as we go through this, these quarantines. Uh, there's so many distractions that you have at home. There's there's a television. There's yeah. uh, pets. There's maybe you have children. Maybe you have a spouse um, or or a roommate or whatever it is, maybe you you have a park down the street like I do. There's there's so many, so many different things. And, and it's so easy to get squirreled off mm -hmm. into one of those other things. And if you don't have a manager breathing down your neck physically or you don't have means right. to go to, uh, it can be very hard to set up your own structure and your own autonomy when there's no external factors for that. And... Um, you know, like I, th I think there's there's certain things you have to do to to do that for yourself. Like I was saying, like like getting up, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, getting dressed. Right. Uh, I know for me, like I have to have deadlines. I have to have things in my day. Like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be taking lunch from one to two, so I have to get these stories done before one o'clock. Otherwise, you know, you know, I'm I'm late or whatever it is. Right. Like, like these own like self imposed deadlines because once you start adding some structure to it, it, it gets easier. And it's also like someone like for me, I'm very goal oriented. So when you have that, like I need to get this thing done by one and you get it done by one and you can check that box, you get like that little dopamine hit. Right. You're like, oh yeah, okay, I got that thing done. I yeah, got I mean, that it, thing it, done. It, it's like a pat on the back. You've done yeah. the thing, right? It's a, uh, some people actually, I've learned to do this from my wife. She, at the beginning of the day, creates a quick handwritten checklist. Yeah. 
right? And as she finishes it, she very happily scribbles everything out like, ah, I finished this one thing. And you can see her like being like, oh, yeah, I did the thing. I feel much better about it. And even if it's like three items, it's fine. Whether it's three or 300 items, it's just something to look forward to. Um, and it's hard, I think. It's hard to... A lot of us want to believe we're good enough as self-starters. It's such a it's such a like point of pride. Like, of course, I'm a self-starter. I've done a lot in life, and I'm sure you have. But to go to work and be felt, be kept accountable. I got a checklist too, man. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's awesome. So that's the thing, right? It's it's, it's just you, all you, about accountability. Yeah. It's and and being a self-starter just is essentially saying, can you be held accountable at your own terms? Can we trust you to keep yourself held accountable? And so. A lot of people don't know how to start that step. And it's as simple as just creating a list. It's It sounds very elementary, but just create a list. Literally, the list could say 7 a.m., wake up, yeah. 7.30, eat breakfast, 8 o'clock, check email. And so we used to do this when we were managing people at stores. They'd be like, hey, these are the things you need to do every day. And I know it sounds like I'm being your mommy and your daddy and telling you how to live your life as a grown-up, but there's a reason for it. It bears repeating. The the Goldwing show is a great example of this. Yeah, we, you know we've been putting this off and putting this off, and it wasn't until Honda's like, okay, we're picking the bike on Friday. Deadline. They're like, oh, okay, now I got a deadline. Now yeah. I have a time. Like I got to get this done because now it went from like the fifth thing on my priority list to like first or second. Right. And then you know, we always had like a phrase in business school, like it's not due until it's due. <laughs> it's it's so every it's like, place. Yeah, we had like some professor be like, all right, uh, I'm going to give you this assignment. Uh, it's <laughs> due in three months, so you have plenty of time. You're like, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to do that the night before. I know you've given me three months to work on it, but between now and then, there'll be dozens of things that are more important that I will take right. that'll take precedence over this, and I'll probably end up, you know, if I'm really good, I'll give myself a week before the deadline to work on it. But in all likelihood, I'm going to work on it a day or two before and be finishing <laughs> it the night the night it's due. Uh, it's just the way it is. Um, but I do think. Like like for Ann and I, we checklists are our jam. Oh yeah. Um, it's different for other people. Some people like you'll see Gantt charts uh, in business sometimes, and others will have scrum charts and whatever you want. Yeah. To call some them. people they like, put it on their like calendar or um like they they'll do it on email reminders right. or text message. Yeah, you got to find like what works for you. But I definitely think, especially for those that aren't used to working from home, building your own structure back into your day-to-day tasks, or if you're a manager, making sure that there's structure for your employees mm-hmm. is, a, is a really critical thing because I think it's really easy to start drifting. And and I've seen it myself. Like I don't claim to be doing this 100% well. Uh, I, I struggle with it even to this day, 11 years later. Like I'm, I'm Here I am. I'm in my PJs. I'm in like this T-shirt that I've worn for like the last two, three days. I haven't <laughs> showered. Like My kitchen's a mess. Like Obviously, I haven't been doing the little structure things that I should be doing, and it's funny it just takes like two days to not to to like get out of that rhythm yeah it depends like i definitely see though when when i start structuring it better my productivity goes up higher like today i'm kind of struggling yesterday i was really good i was like i got up at six i got these four things i have to get out i had a couple things in my email like oh these are really important stories they just have to go out asap i've got a thing later this evening i've got to be at i've got to you know i got to get my shit together whereas like and that was like very much like, hey, I got to plan my day out. Whereas today it was very loosey goosey, didn't have a lot of structure to it. And here I am kind of struggling on the struggle bus in terms of productivity <laughs> and, and cleanliness. That's why I showed up, Jensen, knocked on your door, got you out of your whatever that was. Right. But actually, truthfully, Shaheen, our podcasts are one of the things that helped me keep keep that anchor because I go like, Shaheen's going to be here at two o'clock on Friday. Right. I need to make sure that I'm ready when he's here. Whereas like today, I totally forgot that we were recording, and so I'm a shit show. Um, <laughs> but but it's one of those things. Like, <laughs> it's where you can lay your anchors down, and like for me, getting out of the house, like it is a part of that plan. Right. Uh, whether it's having that office to go to that gives me a reason to shower and be amongst humans, or if it's that like, hey, I, I got a dinner thing tonight, or I've got a, a date this afternoon, or I've got a, a gym class I want to go to, or just like a bunch of people meeting up at the bar to hang out. That helps put an anchor in my day. Like, okay, three o'clock. It's gonna be pencils down. I need to make sure that I'm at a place where I can be pencils down at yeah. three o'clock. And and it gives you a little extra, a little extra thing. Um, but it's very, it's very hard. And I would say the mental health side of it can't be uh, valued enough. And if you're prone to depression, uh, like I am, you have to be really cognizant of it. Like I have to go to the gym every day. Yeah. Otherwise, I go into that downward spiral. And the downward spiral starts taking away some of the structure in my day, which means I don't 
start, I'm not as productive. I start not showering. I start wearing the same clothes. I literally become like the stereotypical blogger guy that you imagined. Yeah. And then like that starts feeding into the mental health side of it. It can be like a downward spiral self, you know, fulfilling prophecy sort of thing. If you don't, you know, recognize what's going on and, and, and start getting the structure back in place. Yeah. And I think uh, it's important to realize that all that stuff takes steps, right? For you to go downward spiral, there's several steps that gotten maybe skipped, but also steps that were taken to kind of ensure that downward spiral and in order to climb out of it is going to take steps. Steps. It's not. It's not like suddenly you just fix things. Absolutely. And that's and that's, one that's the, such a hard thing for most people to grasp. I'm one of those people. I, I I get depressed when something goes wrong, and I have to remind myself that it didn't just suddenly go wrong. Yeah. Several things had to happen, and I have to kind of like quantify them and work my way, kind of like reverse engineer it to get myself back up again. I learned. I learned the short circuit for me is when I realize I'm having issues with depression or or I'm losing my structure that I have to go to the gym. And that's actually what's going to be really hard for me with this coronavirus thing. Yeah. Um, because I can't go to the gym now. My gym's actually closed now. 24-hour uh, fitness just closed yesterday. Zero-hour uh, fitness. <laughs> Zero-hour. Dude, my fucking 24-hour fitness is only open until midnight. What the fuck? What? Wait, they don't even give you like a passcode to just be able to help yourself in? No, no, no. The, the one the one here uh, closest to me they should closes at midnight. I got to book my ass all the way down to like Clackamas if I want to go to 24 what hours. The fr- who nobody wants to go to Clackamas. People that live in Clackamas don't want to go to Clackamas. Coda Kitty's from Clackamas and she doesn't even want to go to Clackamas. And I've noticed her attitude. Right. Um, but my short circuit is go to the gym mm-hmm. because that, that if it's just like a 20, 30 minute run, that endorphin kick is enough to be like, Okay, yeah, I feel better now. Okay, I'm going to come home. I'm going to make my list. I'm going to make my checklist. Here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Maybe I'll finish something up tonight. And it helps kind of like bunk me out. And I think that's really important. Like if you work from home, especially since we're not on full lockdown right now. Right. Like, and you feel like fuzzy, like go out, take a walk. Yeah. Like, take an hour, take 30 minutes, get some sunshine, get some exercise, get some fresh air. Don't be in front of a computer screen. If you can, don't even bring your phone. Yeah. And just, just disconnect. Just disconnect for a second and come back and it'll help kind of re-trigger things back to it turns out we were not designed to sit in front of screens all day we're really not my mom's a chiropractor and there's a thing that they used to call student neck and now they call gamer neck it's essentially the what happens to your your spine at your neck level is that it loses its natural curve because your head is forward all the time Mm. and so it doesn't have the same like think of it as like a the spring suspension on a truck when it loses that curve, it doesn't spring very well anymore. Oh, like the leaf springs? Right, like a leaf spring. Okay. And so, you know, what used to be called student neck, which is now called gamer neck because kids are always on their phone and, you know, we're just always doing this number. Um, it, it, it fucks up your whole body. And my mom always jokes around like, we're not designed for this. You're supposed to be up. You're supposed to be moving around. You're supposed to be doing things, which is why a lot of companies have like sit, stand, you know. Standing desks. Desks. Yeah. And, you know, they put little uh, gym balls. What are those things called? The The... Yoga, yoga balls, balls. to yeah. sit on to kind of like make your core work a little bit more for you. I don't quite do that. One of the things I do though, you'll notice like I move around in my house yeah. on where I work. I have an office downstairs that's got the full setup with the screen and I'll work for a couple hours down there, especially during the warmer part of the days because like there's literally like a seven degree difference between my oh, yeah. two stories my house, and my house. Same way. Um, and these are new insulated buildings and it's still... It's weird, yeah. Uh, heat, heat rises up here. Heat rises. But I will, I will start, you know, I'll do a couple hours down there. I'll do a couple hours on my couch. I'll do a couple hours on my dining room table, at my countertop. Um, sometimes I'll try and get out to a cafe. Just imagine you're like, well, I haven't worked in the garage today. I guess I'm sitting in the foreigner. <laughs> just going to work in my truck for a little while. No, I'm just going over here. <laughs> I actually thought about putting a, a, a chair and a computer screen in the garage. Just really? because of like connecting to the Kramer for like oh, yeah. Power Commander yeah. and data and stuff like that. Uh, and sometimes when you're working, you want... You either have to look up a YouTube video or a parts fiche. I've thought about doing that. Parts fiche? Yeah. Are there still a thing? Uh, usually they're like in PDF form or wow. usually what it is is like you go to uh, uh, Bike Bandit or... Um, Wait, Bike Bandit's still a thing? I hope so. Started by a Penn State graduate. Wow. Yeah. Um, Aging ourselves here, Jensen. I know, right? Uh, drink, by the way. Um <laughs> but but yeah, you like you want you want that information at your foot at your fingertips, and I don't necessarily want to like dirty up my laptop. I, I want to see like one day your garage has like a bike lift, and then also just a beat up old desktop, not a desktop, a laptop sitting there, just like any motorcycle shop where you walk in, 
And like the mechanic has got his own little laptop that he plugs into the motorcycle and it's all greasy and it's got fingerprints and a little bit of food. Big handprint on the screen still. Yeah. Yeah. Like an old school, like, I don't know, hottest fireman calendar on the, or whatever you like. Kittens. Kittens. 2020. Kittens 2020. Uh, I would, I'm actually in the market for a bike lift. Yeah. Ooh, really? Yeah. I mean, once the Goldwing lives, you, it leaves, you're going to have so much space so down much there. Space. We were just looking at it. You can we fit a smart car in that space that the Goldwing takes up. Probably, yeah. That Goldwing's big it's a hunk big, of machinery. She's a big girl. She got 1,800 cc's drink. 1,800 cc's of not really fire breathing, but, you know, when mild the race gas in her? Oh, she's fire breathing. Oh, gee, you got some race gas to, to put in that thing. I've had to clear out some race Speaking gas. Speaking of race gas, and yesterday had me go fill up the car, and she was like, do you mind, just to make me feel better, take your two race cans and fill them up with fuel as well? Because we're in a pandemic, and I was like, god damn, all right, whatever. Yeah. And do you mind looking for more toilet paper? No, woman, we have 14 rolls in this house. I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> put my foot down. <laughs> I looked anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um tell me tell me things you've been consuming watching reading uh to, to stimulate your mind and Ooh. entertain you all right um i always watch motorcycle and car shows but cooking shows that's been my thing lately that's funny because i don't watch motorcycle shows on youtube I, again i watch like people like like our friend steve camerad i love watching his videos because this guy he's a he's a little dude on the east coast He's a he, he calls himself an influencer. Steve Conrad. Steve, com, com, maybe I put the emphasis in the wrong syllable. I think it's Stefan Camrude. I've never heard of this person. This, he's interesting. He has a following. He's got a he's got I think like maybe like a hundred followers. I'm one of them. Okay, yeah. so he's he's just starting then. He's just starting. Okay, cool. Um, but again, he does a good job of a Spurgeon being a Spurgeon. Uh, <laughs> that's the only way we should talk about him from now by the way just uh, Spurgeon caught them boys whacking off my tool shit again uh, <laughs> um, but same with Steve he he does a really good job of kind of like bringing personality and you like kind of want to get to know him a little bit and go ride with him maybe at some point I do not if you ever watch he his videos you might like him yeah. I don't want to ever meet him you should, ever ride with I don't him. ever want to meet him or his fucking beard uh, he looks like a dirty, no good hippie. Is what he looks like. I mean, he, he looks probably, like one of those damn liberals. Wait, are we talking about Spurgeon or Steve? Both. Definitely Spurgeon. Steve. <laughs> I think Steve used to be a Marine, or is still. I guess once a Marine, always a Marine. You mean he was in the Navy? Steve Ooh, used to that's row a, that's boats. A Navy joke, folks. Hey, careful. That's how you get hate mail. That is how you get hate mail. Don't go Army. <laughs> um, <laughs> says the sailor. <laughs> I sailed. Dad was in the Army. Uh, what have you been watching aside from the things we talked about? Anything? Anything? Have you learned anything? I didn't really like Parasite when I watched it. Oh, where it's like I don't know if these actors are good actors because <laughs> I have no idea what they're saying. So like they could be giving like total flat deliveries, and I wouldn't really know. Like I can kind of see from their motions. <laughs> But like from their speech, I have no idea because I'm going to read it all. Jensen, you just said you watch people in a movie and you don't know if they're good actors only because you don't know if they're delivering their lines properly. I mean, if someone's like giving you a full range of emotion by physical. All right. All right. We're going to go on a sidetrack. <laughs> I, I do not think Parasite should have gotten the Academy Award. Really? I absolutely. It's on our list of movies to watch absolutely. because Team Anne is all about watching that I'll movie. I'll be curious to see. I think I think it is all hype. I think it is all the Academy doing value signaling. I look at like the last five years of Academy Award Best Motion Picture winners, and I think most of them were not the best movies at the time, but they were picked because of, let's say, social political reasons. I was going to ask, you think it's political? I, I don't think it's political political. I think it's political in the sense of like Hollywood's a bunch of liberals. Right. Well, I, I think, mean, duh, but, but yeah, duh. Except for Vince Vaughn, which is why he's under fire all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, Vince Vaughn's an interesting person. Uh, funny, very funny human. But, super uh, funny human. Uh, but looks can't get you everywhere. But hey. no, I, I look at some of those movies and I'm like, hey, I watched all the anonymous. I, I consume a lot of media. I feel like that's a part of my job sometimes. So I usually wind down my you day. You are the media. You are the man. Yeah, I usually wind down my day watching a movie. Um, and then I might have like 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 some of the TV shows we're talking about. I might have on the background while right. I'm cranking out a story. Um. Oh, hold on one second. I just got a text message from Mama B. Ooh, is Mama Ki- Mama Kitty okay? We're gonna find out. Let's see what this says. It looks like a bill. Uh, Your Mama B. 
be money for not answering 20 calls. Uh, oh, it looks like they have to get some sort of year in analysis. So that's, oh, what's this? Oh, she sent me, okay, classic, classic. Hold on, let's just start from the top here. Uh, that's from last night. Holy moly, that is a book. This is what I just got. That, 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 that. Are these all pictures of, all of like pictures of documents? That's like 10. Oh, she's still, she's still writing something. Just an FYI, call me. You're like, you sent me 12 photos, woman. Just an FYI? That's like a full day's of work right there. People charge money for that kind of work. You're out of my podcast, mom. <laughs> what else is now? Um, but yeah, no, I look. Mom, like, I, I'm trying to record. Uh, what I'm trying to say is I like, consume a lot of media. I think it's a part of my job to understand what's in the space. Right. I try and do it, you know, at the, the end of my day. Um, so I've seen a lot of these these nominated movies. And I was honestly saying like the last five years or so, I probably only agree with one of the winners. Which and one? I'd have to look at the list. The, um, I thought you had it. It's only I five movies. I don't keep it off the top. God damn it, Justin. Let me tell you about the the things that I keep on the front of my brain that might come up in conversation. Academy Award winning movies. I don't, I think the Academy Awards are bullshit. Let's just get, let's get, let's just cut deeper to the issue. I mean, yeah, it's just, just a bunch bullshit. of people like fondling each other it's a, emotionally. It is a circle jerk of people that pretend Ooh, to be other people. you made a movie. Good job. Um, I mean, it's whatever. It is what it is. I, I'm, I'm not for or against it. I never watch it. it it's right. They're like, I don't like celebrity news. I yeah. don't care. Like, I don't care what. Oh, I get really pissed off at celebrity news. Every time Anne's like, did you hear about so-and-so said about... No, I didn't. You know why? Because it doesn't affect me in any because way. Because being on the big screen of a movie theater has zero... None correlation to like yep. knowing things about like, anything it's like the opposite it's like oh you, you pretend to be other people for a living so obviously you have great ideas on like how to live a great life mm -hmm. and and have great political you insights sociopath. and know like home economics and stuff <laughs> like that like you're you're like tenth of a, of a percent uh human who would play you in your movie Oh, Ben Affleck, obviously. I was going to say Ben Affleck. I'm so yeah. glad we're on the same page. I want to say Matt Damon because I like ben, Matt Damon. Bad, bad. But it'd probably be Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who would play me. And he would fuck it up. Who would play me? Uh, that's a good question. Shit. I don't know who would play me. Hmm. Hmm. Not Vin Diesel. Not with his body. Well, I was going to say, like, if it's if it's older Jensen, probably George Clooney. Because, you know, yes, we look, you we got look, the handsome white guy going for you. Yeah. I, I got nothing. Uh, Shel Silverstein. That's someone who told Shel me. Shel Silverstein. I love Shel Silverstein. But he's not an actor. Though. He's a fucking poet. Was? Yeah. <laughs> good. I can, yeah, I can do a couple of Shel Silverstein poems from, nice. from memory. Yeah. Nice. Um, I want to finish this thought I was on, though. Uh, <laughs> Parasite. Not a good movie. Is it a horror movie or a comedy? Uh... It's supposed to be a comedy. Like there's there's parts that are funny. Uh, I think of it more of like it's not a horror movie. You're never like scared. Right. It's just kind of dramatic. Um but I honestly think I just sit there and just like I think people just wanted to like a movie from Korea. Like, hey, Korea is like a thing right now. Let's let's just pick a Korean movie. I, the I, unknown. There's just nothing about it where I'm sitting there going, like, this is really well done. This story is so it's such a good story or this acting is so good or the cinematography <laughs> on it is so amazing. I'm just in there going like, this is just, this is just like a movie. Like it's, it's, it's not a bad movie, but like it doesn't separate itself from anything. Like if it was in English with American actors, this would not be an Academy Award winning movie. I think it's purely like, Hey, we've never had a foreign film before. It's, well, from it's a Korea. movie from Korea about like social, uh, um, there's, I don't know differences but, because it's isn't it essentially about the super absolutely. rich and the not rich and the not rich trying to sort of get a piece of the pie. It's a great critique on 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 the haves and the have-nots and and it's told from a very Korean perspective and I think you can tell that story in a lot of different ways. Like there's you could you could have done this in the American version when there and there has been movies like that that have done the American version. That's my thing though. There's nothing about it where I sit there like this is the best. Is right. it a good movie? Absolutely. Is it worth watching? Um, sure. Like I remember people ask me because I watched it before it was nominated, and I had a couple of friends afterwards like, "Oh, should I watch that movie?" And I was just like, "I can't." Like, yeah, but I really can't sit there and be like, "You." Sh I wouldn't be like, "Shaheen, you need to go watch this movie. I just saw it. it's amazing." Um, I'd be like, "Well, I'm not gonna tell you not to. Yeah. If you wanna, if you got two hours to kill, sure." <laughs> Uh, yeah, if, if you're sitting on the plane, yeah, you're that's, right on. that's where I would watch it on a plane. But like best movie, 1917. I want to see that, but I need to like, so good. I need to know I got to buckle down a little for that. So one. that's that's the thing where you sit there and it's like that was a movie that was like absolutely that should have won. Have you seen Dunkirk? 
I have. Was 1917 same style? How do you mean same style? Like same, Dun- I mean, Dunkirk a- had a very interesting thing they were doing with the timeline. Right. Um, and 1917 doesn't have that oh, aspect okay. to it. Um, but I, I think, I think I just, it's funny. I just saw a colleague literally post uh, today saying that Dunkirk is the best war movie ever created. Mm. And I'd be like, yeah. I think like, like right better there, than Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan was really good. Yeah, uh, Dunkirk really good. Like you have to put it on. Like I don't. It's so hard to pick a best. Nineteen seventeen's in that list though. Wow. You know, like it is, and and because we don't tell World War One stories very often, right? We really tell World War Two. Yeah. Um, I think someone's right now some- screaming at their speaker. What about Full Metal Jacket? Full Metal Jacket's good. I mean, like. It, all of them, I think, come from a specific, like especially Full Metal Jacket. I see, like that is a movie that is a critique on the time that it was created in, right? And it and it, and it tells a story. And the same with like Apocalypse Now, um, which I just saw is it's on Netflix again. Um, but like I think like true war movies, like uh, Band of Brothers, not you know, obviously not a, it's a series, not a movie. Right. Band of Brothers and the Pacific are two like i would say they're almost kind of historical accounts they're i think they're more true to the history of it saving private ryan i think is like the general like that you could have had that story in any war it makes more sense in world war ii because Mm -hmm. of the great sacrifice and it would have made more sense in world war one as well but that story could have translated into any time period and been relevant right uh 1917 i think was a great example though of like kind of world war one and what was going on there because like like we don't talk about like how crazy it was for that was like really the first war where we really started using one airplanes mm-hmm. uh chemical and biological warfare and machine guns yeah and it completely changed like going for mass killing just completely changed the way we did war and there's a great uh podcast if you want to consume some podcasts um what is it called hardcore history hmm. i've yeah and i think a lot of the, i think you and i have talked about this yep. a little bit before offline um i think a lot of the episodes you have to you have to pay for now but one of the ones that is free is like an eight hour or a six hour episode about world war one and how it got started and it is fascinating and i think if you listen to that and then watch 1917 your mind's going to be exploded um and that is so much better than parasite shaheen it's so much better i never ever want to hear anyone complain about how long our episodes are anymore ever eight hours jesus wept right no it's it is a marathon yeah it is a marathon and and he kind of has a a monotone and a way of talking it's a it's somber uh and the podcast comes on and you listen to it and it's amazing in a world and then he talks about world war one and what happened and that is amazing and shaheen i'm gonna tell you this isn't an npr voice this is hardcore history. Oh, NPR voice. <laughs> and NPR voice, you have to be super close to the mic. You get a little ASMR because you can hear my lips. Yeah, give me give me your smack best each other. Give me your best NPR. I haven't listened to NPR in three years. I actually forget what it sounds like. Mm. Because it's like very like Hi. Mm. This is Shaheen Alvandi in NPR's Everything But Motorcycle Show. Today I'm here with my guest Jensen Beeler and Coda Kitty, his sidekick. And we're going to talk about tires yeah you gotta do the pause the pause is really important yeah the pause the mm. pause bothers me by the way and, I hate you, gotta, the pause. and you gotta do the hmm mm. mm. and today on today's show that's a good point we're gonna read a book <laughs> do, 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 do. and then you have to hear the page yeah and then you have to hear like some sort of background hey mom let's go get the book <laughs> okay george here's the book oh, i was in chapter cafe one in new york city <laughs> and uh someone from npr is gonna sunshine. call us like hey asshats if you don't want to listen don't listen what the fuck but can you donate some money please thanks yeah <laughs> <laughs> npr has its uses uh, uh, i'm i'm again, listen liberal radio yeah well it depends on no, where you're no. listening i should say i i don't think hmm, hmm this is interesting Ooh, here's my thoughts on npr i don't okay. think it's necessarily liberal radio it's just that right-wing shit's become so bonkers that it sounds like no, liberal radio because no. everyone's just wagging their fucking fingers at them no, all the time. I don't agree with that. I think NPR is radio for liberals and that there's a distinction there because I do think NPR is pretty middle of the road right. on a lot of their reporting. 
but I think they know the only people listening are liberals. And so they pick their shows and their topics accordingly. Well, I mean, the only people listening to us are motorcyclists. So here we are talking, not talking about motorcycles. Talk about taking a chance, Jensen. Big chance here. I'll be curious to see what the reaction is to this I'm show. curious. Well, we'll have to fine-tune it. I, I would like to spin this into its own podcast, though. I think it'd be fun. Maybe get a little bit more structure. Maybe pick, like, specific structure. topics that we're going to do and, and really drill down and have segments. But I like the idea of you and I having structure. If Anne was listening to us right now, she'd go, ah. yeah, <laughs> structure. That's cute. Go home. Those guys are silly. Here's some Mountain Dew. Yeah. You're cute, Pat Pat. <laughs> uh, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, man, there was something else I was going to say. Yeah, Parasite, not... Parasite. No, no, no good. No. Are you going to do anything outdoorsy to get out of this? This. Where was I? I was in Safeway last night. I'm trying to do my Safeway shopping at like 11. Yeah. Because I don't want to be off peak One, hours, man. People are crazy right now. They're just acting crazy. People are always crazy. This is just a little extra crazy. And two, it's like a little bit less people. I don't. I don't trust anybody. I live near uh, two bars, and today is actually surprised. near. You're next door to a bar. I'm next door to a bar. <laughs> Yesterday, packed. Barley really? packed. With a bunch of people, like they're day drunk at like 2 p.m., smoking, and they're all like over 60, and they're being like super loud, like singing Christmas carols. And I'm just looking at them like, what part of self isolate people over, you know, 60, 65 are at high risks, people who smoke are at high risk, flat earthers, like, man. Like, what, what part of this are you guys not understanding? Like, this is why we can't have nice things. This is why we have ants. I had to call the bar at 11 o'clock and ask them to shut down their patio. They're supposed to be d- shut down at nine. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I gave you guys two hours. Like, knock it off. Um, Don't make me come out there with my flamethrower. So there's a reason, like, there's a part of me like, we are not in this mindset yet in some regards, especially here in Portland. Um, So I will just get my shopping done late at night because last thing I need to do is get sick. And what I certainly can't do is pass this on to my mother if I see her. Yeah, definitely not. And I think it's smart to shop off peak anyways. It's just easier. Like, there's just no lines. Um, But I, the purpose of that story is while I was out there at the shopping mart, um, I was listening to someone just like without any sort of prompt. It's like, yeah, my husband and I, we both lost our jobs today. Damn. Because we both work retail. Yeah. And it's like, fuck. I mean, hopefully unemployment helps you out. But like, fuck. That really sucks a lot. I'm feeling for all those people. Um, but it's just that's that's where we live in right now. We yeah. Can't. So that's why we're going to do our little social distancing by really distancing ourselves. Well, that's why we did this podcast. Going out to the woods. Just give you a little something to. A little something, something. A little just to hear our sweet, velvety voices. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you fuckers are washing your hands. Wash your hands. Staying away from people. Don't pick If your you nose. sneeze or cough, do it into your elbow. And, uh, you know. And take care of each other. Take care of Be nice to each other. Don't yeah. be assholes. Don't buy all the TP. There's no reason for it. Wash your asshole. Just wash it. God damn it. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to use a sock. Yeah. And nobody wants to go nobody there. Nobody wants a shitty sock. Do you want to wear a shitty sock? I don't want to wear a shitty sock. <laughs> Literally going to be a shitty sock. A lot. Problem. A lot of my socks have holes. I need to get a bunch of new socks. Oh, Jesus. Can you imagine wiping your ass oh, and your finger goes right through? Oh, my goodness. Ugh. All my, all of the, you know what it is? I have all these great hiking socks that I've literally had for 20 years. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you have socks that are 20 years old? They're good socks. They're Dude, I can't lows. keep a sock for more than nine four months without it getting light holy. hiking sock. Best sock for a boot ever created. Amazing. They're great socks. But like literally, what? how old am I? Yeah, I've literally had them for 20 years. That's amazing. Literally 20 years. I don't know if I have anything that's more than 10 years old, especially not socks. Yeah. Actually, Anne had a pair of socks from her teen years that she just had to get rid of, but she only wore them at home. Yeah. These are, I think I had like six pairs and I think think i can if i mix and match colors i got two colors <laughs> i think if i mix and match i have two pairs that don't have uh, holes that's incredible yeah just order a new set they're expensive You're good they're, for 20 years they're 20 bucks a pair they're really expensive but if they last 20 years that's, yeah that's a dollar a year it's, it's totally nothing. fair totally fair you're absolutely right i'm just cheap <laughs> <laughs> not cheap jensen you're frugal <laughs> i am frugal sometimes i'm cheap uh all right, sir. We should we should get out of here and record a show about motorcycles. Yeah, motorcycles. Whew. This is hard not talking about motorcycles. I know we did. I think we did okay job. We did pretty good. I think. Yeah. Well, well let us know um, in the comments or DM us on Instagram what or do you Twitter. Want us to talk about? Um, let us know if you if you think a show like this is something we should keep doing. We'll probably spin it off into its own little thing. Yeah. 
Uh, if we do, we can start doing like food review. Go to restaurants. Topics you want to hear us talk about? Yeah, uh, I think we we. This is something that's interesting to me. Do some whiskey talk. Yeah. That'll be one-sided, but whatever. Be very one-sided. <laughs> well, let me tell you about this fine vintage Mountain Dew. It's, you could talk uh, about its bottles. They'll be like, well, I mean, that bottle looks cool. I do have opinions about nice. bottles. I do have a lot of bottle yeah, you, opinions. You've got, a, you've got an eye. You've got two eyes, but you know, you have an eye for Yeah, looks. I'm like that cat. I got both eyes. <laughs> we call him Two-Eye Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm four eyes because I got the glasses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well... How do we sign off from this? I don't know. Oh, fuck it. Safety third. Good talk. I'll see you out there. Bye. I was like, I need to, I need to step up my game here. Uh, the apocalypse is here, and I'm not going to die alone. Help a guy out, man. Help <laughs> a brother out.